So, hey, welcome back. My name is Tex. If you haven't been here before, if you have, you kind of know what to expect. I try to give you insight into things that were discussed this week, uh, things that may have came up, questions that were asked me by people, clients, friends, uh, just general things that will help you understand parts of psychology and parts of therapy and maybe parts of things that are going on with yourself. Now, today's talk, I want to talk about a particular subject about when different parts of this cluster B, particularly personality disorder, the borderline personality disorder, has these certain criteria that go within diagnosing it. And if you understand the criteria, and then you understand how they work with each other to intertwine and form this this particular personality disorder. So one of those things that I've talked about before is the fears of abandonment. Now, fears of abandonment are not necessarily rational fears. They may be built on things that have happened in the past that people have left, that situations have changed. What makes this one particularly different is it's often an irrational fear, an overriding fear, a fear that is so strong that it seems to tear someone up from the inside. And as you recall, when I talked about how emotionality starts to get higher inside your, your brain, the rational thinking starts to drop. Okay. Now, the other part of this combination I'm talking about is the rage, which is Normally, you would think anger within limits or anger according to what happened. If somebody pushes you, you might get a little upset. If somebody screams at you, you might get more upset. If somebody takes a swing at you, you, you know, see how we're escalating. Sometimes with some individuals, there's no breaks. There's no filters. There's no slowing it down. You go from nothing at all to utter rage like that. And so when you combine these two, you get an interesting situation. Uh, I would like to describe a particular uh, event that had happened, uh, give you the details of what went on so you can sort of understand and maybe keep an eye out for this. If you are someone who's dealing with uh, borderline personality disorder, or if you're someone who is dealing with a person that you care and love about who has borderline personality disorder, what this is that's coming up so that maybe you can head it off. Okay. So first you have to understand what's happening. So I'll give you the story. Um, this is a particular one that's close to me because this involves me myself with my mother. Okay. And it's very personal. I, I tell people that, this is probably why I tend to work a lot with people who have borderline personality disorder, because it, it is my belief that that is what my mom was dealing with. So my mom had told me my parents were split up, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who have split families like that. My mom had always told me since day one, anytime you wanted to go live with your dad, you go for it. You go live with your dad. You you do that. You you know. I would never hold you back. I always want you to, you know, go where you want to go. And it never occurred to me to actually do that. You know, it was just one of those things over the years. I had never even asked to, I mean, visits one thing, you know, vacations, one thing, but to live with him, never. And then 
you know, as time went on, I had went to visit my dad. I was over there for the summer. I had a summer job. The person that had employed me said, you know, we have a program here. If you want to come, you know, and go to work here, you can go to school. They had a thing called distributive education program. You could go to school a half day, work half a day. And in my mind, that's what I wanted to do. Had nothing to do with choosing one person over another. Had nothing to do with who I like more. Never even occurred to me. Never had a thought about it. And then when I went one evening to tell my mom that, you know, hey, I uh, got a chance to go work. I want to go live with dad. She lost her ever loving freaking mind. She went into a rage. That rage consisted of telling me all kinds of things about myself that I obviously didn't know that she felt about me and the use of a lot of cuss words that would make a sailor blush. Uh, objects were flying about the room, uh, the, the just overloading threats. Uh, you know, I'm going to call the police. I'm going to tell them you run away. I'm going to, you know, uh, tell them that, that you've been doing something bad and now you're driving and you shouldn't be driving and that you're dangerous. I mean, she put the fear into me. And when I left that house, I mean, the whole way driving to the next town where my dad left was feel, filled with fear that the police were going to come get me. And I didn't understand that at the time. Now that I can look back on it, I can break that situation apart for you and tell you what had happened here. In order to, the, the, the part of a person with borderline personality disorder that is very loving and kind was the one that was telling me, you know, I want you to live where you want to live. I want you to be happy and all of that. That dissolved instantly the moment that she felt I was leaving. Even if, you know, for all intents and purposes, my mom had been long since living with her boyfriend. I lived at the house by myself. I only saw her on occasions. You know, I, I might as well have been living wherever I wanted to live. The moment that I said, I want to go live with my father was the moment that she felt I had abandoned her. At least that's my opinion. I, I'm not her. I can just tell you from the reactions that I saw and what I know now about BPD, that's probably what that came down to. And that immediately ignited into a uncontrollable rage, a, a, a rage that you just can't comprehend unless you've been there or witnessed it. And she threw everything in the kitchen sink at me. So now that you're seeing what happens when these two happen and, and, and hit and, and coincide, uh, of course, the question is, is, well, geez, what the hell do I do about it? If you are the person with BPD, again, the first thing is knowing how to do those things like keeping a journal, writing down what you're doing, using your mindfulness exercises, deep breathing, so that when you have the feelings of abandonment, you know what they are as they're creeping up on you. When somebody says something or does something that you start to feel anger, the first thing you do, go into your calming states. Go splash your face with cold water. Go for a walk. Tell the person, 
I need a moment to think about this. Set your distance up. Go through. Think about this. Pull back. Do everything you can to keep from going totally emotional because as you go totally emotional, your rationality will leave. And once that fear of abandonment starts to hit and the rage creeps in because now you're highly emotional and you're you're not just going to tell that person probably, oh, I'm upset that you're leaving. Oh, I feel that you're going. No, it's you're going to be I hate your guts. I wish you were dead. Um, All kind of blasphemous words will fly out of your mouth. You might have a physical response, which might be dangerous for you or the other person. But this massive volcano of rage will come out of it. So how does this apply to the people who know someone who may have these conditions? Well, if it's someone that you're close to and you say something where you see they're being triggered, instead of just walking on eggshells and instead of just giving up and not telling somebody, you know, you have to pick and choose how you tell and slow down the pace of things. You have to be prepared and let somebody know that, Hey, uh, you know, can can we talk for a minute? And, and when they start to get upset, go, you know, would you like to finish this in a minute? Would you like a moment to yourself? Um, Problem is, is a lot of times people will get into these, you know, relationships where the person with BPD is with somebody else who has some kind of anger, volatility, something like that. So the minute that that person starts to get angry, they get angry and both people are angry and then it turns into a shouting match. This is for people who find themselves trying to be calm without always having to give in or, or again, you know, be so careful about everything they say to be able to have a conversation about something like that without it going full-blown explosion. Once it's full-blown explosion, there's not a lot you can do. The other person has now went into a rage. They, you know, for the most part, have to burn through it. So stepping back and giving them a little, little space. I would love to be able to tell you that you can just, whatever they say while they're having this problem, they don't mean it. And if you back off and don't take it personal, then you'll be able to come back later and talk. But the problem is, is you and me both know it's hard not to think, take things personal. When you get told bad things, when you get screamed at, you know, you either get gun shy, you're either jumpy, you know, your feelings are hurt. They stay hurt. So it's hard to work your way out of that. So the thing you want to be able to do is to talk and keep things calm now. Part of that is also preemptively going through and working. In other words, talking with somebody on a regular basis. Now you start to see why it's so important when I say you need to have the evening meal discussion or you need to have the family meeting once a week. You need to have regularly set up events where you talk and you talk to each other about things that are going on, things that you want things that may be upsetting you, things that you don't agree with. Otherwise, what happens is, is when you do come to talk to somebody about somebody's, you know, about something serious with that person, their immediate response is, is we don't normally talk. If we're talking, shit's fixing to hit the fan. So they're already in fight or flight mode just because you're sitting down to talk. 
if you have these regular meetings and the sitting down to talk can also be about good things. You know, like these are the things that went right this week. It's very important to be able to spot and find those things that go well and discuss that with your partner and say, this is what happened this week that was good. That way, every conversation isn't going to be the, oh, my goodness, meeting. Every conversation won't be, we're going to talk about something upsetting or bad or frustrating, or I'm going to be mad. And every conversation we have ends with one of us screaming or hollering. No, you have regularly scheduled meetings to talk things through. That way, when you have something tough to talk about, you can work your way through it. Okay? So there's the ideas and there's there's the whole run of the story is, is that you you see these things are going to happen and then you prepare for them by having a calm space, a calm time and assigned time when you talk about stuff so that you can work through these things. And that's for both people involved. And, you know, it's your job to try if you have BPD or if you have problems with this rage. It's your job to know what you need to do to try to calm it before it strikes, ease into it, deal with it, stay with it if you have to, and work your way out of it. The other person's job, if they take it on, is to make sure to to nicely, calmly remind you of your coping skills. You know, do you need to take a breath? Um, you know, would, would, would cold water help? Would a walk help? Do you, what can I do that would help? And you may get all kind of bad answers at first. At first, it's not me like, oh, first time you do it. Oh, they just mellow out. No. <laughs> These are things you do over and over again, and then they start to take. It's no different than anything else in your life. If you want to go out and learn how to swing a baseball bat and hit a ball, if you want to learn how to pitch softball, if you want to learn how to do you know, martial arts, if you want to learn how to play the piano or some other musical instrument, you don't just go, oh, I read the manual. Let's do it. No. Practice, 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 practice. And you get better with each practice. Now, the other part, this, this the add-on, this is the bonus for this. You may be working somewhere where you have a person like that. You may be working somewhere where you deal with individuals either that work with you or ones that work over you, like a supervisor or a manager, um, and being able to identify that these are the things that are going on will, will, will help you. Because another situation that's very similar to this that I talked about with a client was, is, you know, they were having trouble moving to a new place. In other words, they were trying to get a new job, get in a new assignment. And what you don't realize is that no matter how things are going, the minute you tell that person, if they're in your chain of command, and that's all military talk, but if they're in one of those positions above you, that the minute that they think you are leaving, they might just lose their shit. How dare you abandon them? How dare you leave? What is wrong? Why are you going? So now you see how that's happening in your workplace? And then the rage. And the rage may be that person may 
do something personal in the office. They may scream at you or they may be mad or they may make your job difficult. They may sabotage your work. They may go gossip about you. They may go run. They, they may, you know, they'll paint a pretty picture for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're looking for a job, make sure you put me as a reference. No. Because they're going to put seeds of doubt in that other person's mind. They're going to say things about you to try to destroy your chances of getting that other job. Because even though they're furious at you, they want to make sure that they punish you for leaving or they punish you so you can't leave. And this happens also you know, in, in, in relationships like friend situations. They uh, will often get into this thing of push me, pull me, where they'll want to be your best friend and talk to you and know all your secrets and everything. And you'll think that they're the best person in the world. And then when you you find out that your other friends may be distancing themselves from you or are keeping a, you know, a close watch on you or maybe. It, and so those seeds of doubt came because that person put themselves in a position to say, oh, well, you know, are you sure you want to, you know, are you okay with being friends? Because I know that person, this and gossip, gossip, gossip. So, so those are things that can happen. And that's why you have to be careful in your personal life, watching what you do. And it's always important to figure out if that's happening around you. And then, of course, the, the first thing a lot of people would do is, well, well then I'm going to go say something about them. I'm going to go gossip about them and don't get into that tit for tat game. It's not going to work because, see, you're trying to think through this game in a rational manner. The other person's not doing that. The other person just wants to get angry at you. They want to be mad at you because they feel that you have abandoned them or left them or that you've rejected them. So their reasons and thought for arguing are different than your reasons and thoughts for arguing. And yeah, you just, you're not going to win that battle that way. A lot of times it takes, you know, being able, if you can, you can talk with that person. If you can, you can get HR to moderate between the two of you. Uh, but in the end, you have to make firm decisions about whether you want to stay there, whether you want to deal with that, whether you want to go somewhere else and hope for something better. Um, that goes both ways. Some people say, well, I don't want to go nowhere else because the next person could be worse. And to me, that sounds like an uh, abusive personal relationship where someone's afraid to separate from a boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife because they're afraid the next one will be worse. And that's not necessarily the way to go about doing things. Sometimes it can be worked out and you don't have to leave. Just depends on the situation. Have an open mind. Make sure that you do your best. Make sure you do what you can. And then don't take things personally. Don't make assumptions. Oh, see, we're back to those four agreements. Okay, do your best always. And be impeccable with your word. Because your word is what other people are going to look at you and figure things out about, you know, is this person telling the truth or not telling the truth? So you stand on your own word and your own work. Okay. So that's how that situation goes from being in a personal situation in a relationship to the general workplace. Uh, 
I would also like to give some advice to the person who, if you are a person who has BPD or think you have it, uh, you've been diagnosed with it, or you find yourself with those behaviors and you're in the workplace is the same as in the personal one. When someone says they're going somewhere, doing something, changing jobs, whatever, being able to calm and breathe and think about what you're going to do before you go out and do it. In other words, don't, this is one of those cases where you don't do the instant reaction, jump and say something. You want to be able to pull back and then you want to be able to think about things and go, okay, that person is leaving. It's not personal. They're looking for opportunities. They're looking for growth. They're looking for a chance. Whatever it is they're looking for, maybe it's just the hours or the transportation situation. So it's it's about, again, not taking it personal yourself. So you see how you have to really be up on your skills. That's why it's so important for you to do all of those skills so that you can handle these situations. They can be worked through. It don't have to be that make or break situation like it happened to me so long ago. I didn't have anyone to give me advice. I didn't know what I was getting into and I surely didn't know what was going to happen. Now I do. And now I'm able to think through in my own mind and kind of realize when it happens again with other people or when I have clients or friends talk about a situation, I can see, okay, there's where that fear of abandonment meets that almost blind borderline rage. And then when the two of them get together, it's not pretty. Okay. So figuring out, like I said, how are you going to talk to somebody? How can you keep it calm? What are you going to do? And you're yourself breathing, coming down. And so a lot of family members, they themselves have to keep all these coping skills because they have to deal with it. So I hope that helps. I hope it helps you understand how those two things work on each other and also what you can do to prepare for them and to work your way through them. Okay. Again, thank you for watching. I hope you have a great day. Namaste.